This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. I've had a few different lives before hosting this podcast, and at one point, I worked with the AARP. That is where I learned to always use the phrase older adults when I talk about folks who are right around 50 and older. My brain was trained, so I got a little tongue-tied when I talked to Angela Allen, the co-founder of The Old Lady Project. I mean, none of the older women in my life want to be called old ladies, but Angela has a different point of view. I'm kind of reclaiming old. I don't understand why old is great for houses or uh, valuable paintings, but it's not okay for humans. It's way better than the alternative, which is dead. Through the Old Lady Project, Angela solicits scripts and screenplays about older women. Then she works with her co-founder, Joan Mazzanelli, to produce staged readings of the best submission. The only real rule is that the story has to be about women over 50. And yeah, she gets some pushback on that age cutoff. Moving out of middle age into old age, where's that line? I think that line is very personal. In my mind, this project really reveals the disconnect between what audiences want and what the entertainment industry actually produces. I'm thinking about the success of The Golden Bachelor and everything, everywhere, all at once. A lot of us love to see older people on screen and not just as matriarchs minding grandchildren. And Angela got over 600 script submissions for the Old Lady Project this year. I feel like we're the beginning of a wave. And it all started because she knows an actress whose work dried up as she aged. My husband's cousin, who is a very successful actress in a regional area, was bemoaning the fact that there was nothing to audition for anymore. Once you hit a certain age, you get to be the grandmother. You get there's like mm. one part in Shakespeare for you. There's, <laughs> and that, you know, there was a lot of really talented people going to the same audition for the one part that would be offered this season for a female over 50. And I write for Chicago stage and screen and every show I would go to, I would look for older characters. And I was like, oh, wow, there aren't any. Mm. And then I, you know, Googled it and came across the Gina Davis Foundation's The Right to Be Seen study, which analyzed major media and found that essentially women over 50 in major media are invisible. Yeah. And I said, oh, I could do a little something. I could be a drop in the vast ocean of sort of beginning to shift that. Yeah. So the Old Lady Project is really set up to encourage the development of screenplays, scripts, theatrical works with significant, keyword significant, roles for women over 50. I know that for this year, you got way more submissions than you had anticipated How did you decide which ones to prioritize? 
that was hard. <laughs> but also when you get that many data points, stuff starts shaking out. I had just seen the notebook at the Goodman and I mm -hmm. felt that we got a lot of scripts about women who had Alzheimer's or early or dementia. And okay. I, I feel like that is a story that is being somewhat told. So part of what we were prioritizing is things we had not seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, we also prioritized scripts that had more than one part for women over 50. I was very, very lucky last fall to have three interns from Northwestern who fell in love with the project and really, really helped me sort them and, you know, kind of glean through the slush pile to bump it up to our readers. Um, we had about a dozen readers spread across the United States um, reading and scoring the scripts. And then we got, I think it was 10 semifinalists. And then out of that, we just couldn't boil it down farther than four finalists. So we ended up doing two staged readings. The one that we did last weekend was three plays, a, a short and then two longer plays. We ended up with a lot of funny plays, Ooh. really good comedies. Um, every one of them dealt with friendship and family and relationships. Mm. The one, the one that we concluded with did deal with death and dying. Um, it, uh, it was an incredibly moving script about two women who had been friends for forever. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it was, they started in their early twenties and they were now in their seventies one of them is given a terminal diagnosis and she asks the other one to help her die with dignity. Aww. And, you know, the script asks the question, what would you do for your best friend? Like how far would you go? And it, it, it looked at dying from the first person, um, which I thought was a really mm. important story. So that one was called elephant's graveyard. Wow. That's really special. Um, so we're kind of, a little bit at an impasse, it seems like. Historically, older adults have not been represented in media in a very dynamic way. I'm wondering if you have some other kind of favorite characters, whether that's on stage, on television, in film, that show women over 50. Mm, that's a really good question. I really enjoyed watching Grace and Frankie with my father-in-law. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I loved the whole way that the characters were portrayed and the issues. And I love the old women of Shakespeare, although hmm. they probably weren't as old as they are now because the average ah. lifespan of a woman in Shakespeare's <laughs> time was maybe 30. Older would have been 40. Yeah. Now older is 60. <laughs> women were so involved with child rearing. Mm. and then they were dead. You didn't get the vast numbers of postmenopausal. I mean, this is what Margaret Mead talks about, is that it, her analysis uh, anthropologically was that cultures that had a bank of postmenopausal women did much better because they had institutional knowledge and they were not completely absorbed in having and caring for children. So you had this bench strength to take care of kids. And mm. um, we are about to 
go through an era that is unprecedented in human history where we have an army of women. And what does that mean, you know, for us as a civilization? As an actor, you can only play the parts that are written. Well, and that's why you see production companies, you know, Reese Witherspoon and people like that started creating their own production companies because they want to make sure the parts they want to play are written. Yes. And that's that's kind of Mm. what the old lady project is trying to do is expand the universe of parts that exist for these really talented. Because really, once if you've been acting for 20, 30, 40 years, you got chops. Mm-hmm. You, you got stuff you can do. You got range. You yes. can play. They 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 drop it down. You can play it because you're just you get good at your job. Mm-hmm. And then people think, you know, they've so, said so much to Viola Davis and to Tabitha Brown. Right. For instance, where it's just like, oh, you just showed up and you were here. And it's like, no, I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been, been here. doing this. And that's why I'm so good immediately as soon as I get all the all the props and all the play, because I've had all this time to practice. Um, I wonder if there are places that you've seen these types of roles show up in Chicago theater or in Chicago media. I'm looking. Okay. I'm definitely looking. There just aren't that many shows. I think some of the stuff Red Orchid is doing is has shown off some women sort of out of, you know, into the 40s and 50s. Um, if you get too much older than that, there aren't a lot of people. And I mean, I, I heard this from all the actors who sent me headshots and resumes. It's just like they're so excited. There's something to audition for. Um, they're just this is this is new. I have a question about this. There's a show called Queen Sugar and Tina Lifford. She is she's playing this older character. You know, she's she's old enough to have grandkids and she has this very active love life in the show. It's a portrayal of this this person who, like, otherwise might be playing that matriarch again, where you see her like, oh, she out here dating. You know, she's out here having sex on the show, <laughs> you know? And I think I want to hear you talk about what that does for the standards of beauty and the standards of how we sexualize female characters and how we think about women and older women and old women, (laughs) as you call them, um, as human and sexual beings and attractive. That is a big, big conversation. Because when Martha Stewart became the cover. Yes. With her bathing suit. Yes. And it was she, oh, you know, I don't do anything. Well, I don't believe that for a minute. And I also believe that the pictures were heavily edited Mm. to conform to what our current concepts of beauty are, which are always for an older woman to look younger. Uh, Human beings are sexual throughout their lifetime. Yes. Right now, the fastest growing group of STDs is like in retirement. (laughs) Um, And actually, there's a lot of 
research that has shown that women actually become more comfortable with their sexuality after the childbearing years because it doesn't carry the same ramifications of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I don't know that we embrace completely what that looks like. I don't think we have many visual manifestations of what a beautiful body at 70 looks like. We've talked about why it's meaningful for older adults to see themselves represented. You also work with young people, though you work oh, yeah. in a children you work in children's theater, so your work is very much intergenerational. Why is it valuable for younger audiences to see older women on screen and on stage? Because hopefully they will get a chance to grow old. I, one, it is part of our culture. It's you're going to see old people understanding their stories gives you possibly perspective. Um, it may make you help you understand your family members better. Um, but the idea that we don't just focus all of our attention on youth and young people gives us a broader view of what it is to be human and what it is to have different perspectives. I think that's what inclusivity is about. Um, I think it's really important for us to look at through other people's eyes in order to see the the stories that they're living yeah. so that we become better humans. Yeah. How, how has remaining in that youth space in turn affected your work? Um, having to provide programming sort of across the spectrum of, of demographics uh, makes you mentally nimble. Uh, it also makes you see where the disconnections are starting to happen. The world is changing. Mm. Uh, everybody who works in kids right now is like, kids are different. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody kept saying, when are we going to get back to normal? And I was like, oh, honey, normal's over. Yeah. Um, submissions for the next cycle of the old lady project are open right now yes yes <laughs> please send us scripts give me two things that you're like this is what i'm excited to see more of during this submission cycle i always love comedy mm -hmm. i i love uh rich comedy um so i love to read it i loved doing it at the um, stage readings. Uh, I'm also looking for relationships. I really yes. okay. want to see relationships uh, well fleshed out. And I, the other thing, I'm always looking for a story I haven't seen before. Angela Allen is the Community Arts Coordinator for the City of Evanston, Parks and Recreation, and the co-founder of the Old Lady Project. Angela, it has been a pleasure. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you so much for talking with me. Submissions are open now for the 2024 Old Lady Project. The deadline is December 15th. For more information, head to filmfreeway.com slash oldladyproject. 
And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. And we love hearing from you. Email us with your thoughts, questions, and what you want to hear at therundownpod at wbez.org. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you later.